Welcome to Broken Catholic, the show where I interview practicing Catholics, non-Catholics, and recovering Catholics about why the world isn't working right now, and tackle unspeakable topics that many people secretly struggle with but won't admit. See, I believe that God is in the business of transformation, so I'm here to stand for you having a transformation so big that when God is done with you, you're barely recognizable. I'm your host, your coach, your brother, Joseph Warren. I'm also a broken Catholic and former atheist, and I freely share my personal struggles of being a modern Catholic man. It's freaking hard. I don't have it all figured out. I'm a work in progress just like you, and that's okay. Today, our featured guest is Andrew Prilliman. And Andrew, you know, I really wanted to invite you in because you're like this ex-Marine Corps guy and, you know, you're just whoa, this whoa, hold on. wild. I'm, I'm, I'm going to stop you already. There's no ex-Marines. Oh, former Marines. Boom. Once a Marine, always a Marine. Put There's in no my place. And my dad's a Marine, so I should know this. I misspoke. Look at that. I'm not going to edit this either. I'm just going to occur as an idiot to my audience. There you go. That's fantastic. So, uh, Andrew, you know. Start us out. Just tell us, give us a little context. Um, our audience likes to know, like, what do you do? Uh, what's your company? Um, what industry do you work? What's your title? So start us out with that, and then we'll get into it. Okay. Uh, well, thanks for having me on the yeah, show. Yeah, no worries. First of all, it's great. Um, my name is Andrew Perlman from Zephyr Hills, Florida. Uh, I work for an organization called the National Christian Foundation. We can talk about that in a little bit. Um, also own a couple businesses, own a chain of laundromats, uh, that we run as ministries. Um, I'm a gun dealer, so that kind of is a, doesn't fit in a whole lot with the ministries and laundromats. You know, what's kind of cool is uh, half yeah. my audience just split. Yeah. Like, yeah. Half to the left, Sorry. half to the right. Yeah. He yep. did. He said guns. Yeah. So, um, I'm one of those guys. Um, and then I have a manufacturing company that we manufacture, uh, hunting products out of Fort Myers. So, cool. um, I would say the uh, the hat I wear the most is with the National Christian Foundation and stuff mm. we do there. So, cool. Uh, sum that up in like two sentences. The National Christian Foundation. Well, we really need like a two-hour show to really <laughs> for me two to sentences even under, you have. understand what. Um, in short, um, we help charitably-minded individuals. Um, it, it can be anybody, but a lot of times it's uh, business owners, uh, executives, professional athletes. Figure out ways to move their dollars um, that typically would be going to the IRS mm. uh, and get those dollars into the hands of their favorite charities. So uh, we're Love helping to, uh, to the tune of billions of dollars annually. Yeah, because um, you have a lot of affluent clientele. Uh, we do. Yeah, yeah. which is awesome, do. right? Yeah. Rather than the money a lot, a lot being of names used for taxes and other things, oh, yeah. it actually help. goes to help people in yeah. the world, right? Exactly. Do God's work. It's fantastic, bro. All right, let's get into it. I like to start every single interview this way. Andrew, why do you think the world isn't working right now? <laughs> Social media. <laughs> why isn't it working? Um, so you're making the assumption that I think that it's not working. I think uh, we all can just look at the world right now and see all the anger, hatred, and all the other stuff and say, man, this isn't working. Yeah, I think it's not going to work. Um, okay, speak I don't think on that. it was ever supposed to work. I think, well, I think it was supposed to work in the perfect scenario. Mm-hmm. Um, where Adam and Eve lived in paradise, and um, we live in a fallen world. Hmm. Uh, we're told that throughout the Bible. I think every generation um, since Adam and Eve has struggled. I think that we are promised that we're not going to live in a perfect world, and I think we see evidence of that every day. Um, so do you think like wanting the world to work is futile? Uh, no, not at all. I think God... Um, 
wants us to be part of a bigger plan. I think there is a bigger plan if you mm. have an eternal perspective on a biblical worldview. Um, you know, there's a lot of good that can be done here in the midst of um, the brokenness. Mm. So uh, I believe that we're here for a reason. I believe that God didn't put us here just to suffer and have bad things happen. Uh, and I think that you can really experience the kingdom here on earth mm. um, and closeness with God and love with your of your family and your friends and um, in the midst of the brokenness. So yeah, yeah I definitely, uh, I, 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 I don't know that there's anything we can do to fix mm. what's wrong in the world, but mm. I think that we can, uh, we definitely can come closer to God and each other. Got it. So what I, I heard you say, and correct me if I'm wrong, uh, is that the reason why the world's not working right now is because Adam and Eve bit the darn apple, and now we're a fallen nature, and mm -hmm. it's not actually meant to work. However, um, it's not also meant to be this miserable not experience of like no purpose and meaninglessness at the same time, right? We're meant to be lights in that darkness, but the reason why the darkness exists is because we rebelled against God as a human species. Yeah, yeah, and fair? you know, you, you always hear the, uh, why do why do bad things happen to good people? But, yeah. you know, I look back over my life and the things uh, that have made me who I am and have developed my character mostly have come through failure, have come through pain and suffering. And mm. I think, um, I, agree I, I, don't, I don't think God wants those things to happen to us. I think it's just part of the nature of what's happened and what's part of the world. But I definitely think he uses those things to grow us. Mm. So, um, you know, despite the fact that the world's broken, um, we can, in fact, become a lot closer to God in the midst of it. So, yeah, I get that. So, Andrew's message to you, the audience, is stop bitching and, <laughs> and just suck it up, right? And make the best out of typical out marine of, answer, right? Typical marines, man. I'll tell you, these guys. All right. So, when it comes to Christianity, uh, why do you think that the world is so divided right now? Like you got your your Christians, uh, Protestants, right, all across the board. Why do you think there's forty thousand different schisms and 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 branches of the same tree that Jesus came and and started, right? Yeah, there's uh there's one gospel message. Um, you know, Christ said he came to testify to the truth. I mean, I think God um, holds truth to a high value, um, and I think that we water down the gospel message, mm. um, and that creates the division. Uh, if we look at the Bible and we live by what it says, um, I don't believe that there'd be so much division within the church, but I think mm. we let things slide. I think we, um, we have blended what society tells us is okay and what's fine with the true gospel message, and we get this kind of mutated type of Christianity where, you know, um, and, and again, it's part of a fallen world. I don't think the church mm. ever will be perfect until Christ comes back. Um, and just like everything else on this planet, the church is also broken. And yeah, um, yeah it's, a, it's just a watered down gospel. Message. Do you think that there's ever the chance that, uh, you know, God's church can be unified? Because that's what Jesus did preach is to have this one church right this unity that he came to do right and and to divide believer from non-believer but not to have division amongst believers oh yeah no that was i i don't think that's ever what was intended i mean yeah. i think we've done that to ourselves so we jacked it all um, up 
But yeah, I mean, there's, you know, there's there's a lot of unity, and and you know, I I feel like I'm on here sounding like this doom and gloom guy, but yeah, please stop. Um, it's re- sunny out. Yeah, the reality on. is, I mean, I see a lot of good, and maybe it's because I work in an organization where I see people being extremely generous and i see the results of that and the people that are happy and they come to know christ through Mm. that generosity um so i do see a lot of unity i see a lot of great things um but you know i I always tell people one of my greatest role models was martin luther king because he was the great unifier Mm -hmm. you know he'd have these huge marches Mm -hmm. and you'd have as many black people as you would white people, mm-hmm. and he brought people together. All denominations, all, denominations. all belief systems. I mean, he brought people together because he knew how to create community and unify people. That's mm-hmm. what I love about the guy. Um, and then he passes away, and you know, the folks, that, some of the folks that took his place created even more division. Mm. Um, so I think we need more people that that just want to bring folks together, like yeah. you know, like he did. Do you think you you're that person? Do I think I am that person? Yeah. I I would hope. <laughs> I'm asking if you are, if you're not. Uh, yeah, I, I hope I cr- try to create unity and bring people together. I mean, I will tell you, being transparent, I'm like a lot of people. I tend to gravitate toward people that are a lot like me. Mm. Uh, and I catch myself doing that, and I purposely have to be intentional mm. about Crossing the lines. Yeah, yeah. And, and interacting with folks. That I mean, that's actually why we moved from where we lived before uh, is because everybody looked and acted exactly like us. Yeah. Um, so you're like a military guy, right? So you're a Marine Corps. Mm-hmm. So, like, do you see, like, the Navy as equal? Oh, no. Right. So they're Not at all. right there in itself, right? <laughs> we're, we're a unified U.S. military Who's divided? Well, and you do even, know we, even in our labeling of each other, right? Well, but you know we are a department of the Navy. Sure, you do know that we're the men's department, <laughs> but we are a department. <laughs> so that was that's, cold. That's that's a prideful ego thing. Yes, that, uh, that was that I will that I will stick to to the day I die. That the Marines are far superior to every other branch, and I will not budge on that one. The men's department. That's hilarious. Okay, uh, Andrew, what faith were you raised in? Uh, growing up, I went to a preschool that was Methodist, okay. um, and where I received Christ, really got involved with the church was a Baptist church in Zephyr Hills. Got so, it. I would say Baptist. Baptist. I am, I am not involved in a particular church that has a denomination at this point in time, but I would say for the majority of my um Younger years, I was involved in the Baptist church. Got it. If you don't mind me asking, and I'm going to ask anyway, even if you mind, right? Uh, why did you leave the Baptist uh, denomination? Because I got too dressed up on Sundays. I wanted to wear shorts. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think it was I, a... Uh, I almost feel like that's the real reason. But <laughs> yeah, 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 kind of. <laughs> um, no, I think it was kind of an evolution. I, I went to uh, a big Baptist church when I started college. Um, ended up getting involved in a uh, church that was part of the Southern Baptist Convention, mm-hmm. um, but it was uh, it looked a lot more like a non-denominational church, uh, and I've just kind of gravitated toward those over the years. I mean, I'm more into, uh, I just want to hear the gospel message. I want to hear the Bible preached, um, and I don't need anything outside of that. You know, I don't want to be, and it's just a personal preference, Um I don't need the laser light show. I don't need to dress up to go on Sundays. I mean, I just want Jesus. Uh, I don't need any of the show. 
or the traditions or anything that's not part of you know the true message of of the Bible. So uh, I try to grab. I probably gravitate more toward those types of churches. Okay, got it. How active would you say you're in? Uh, you are in your faith right now, like on a scale of one to ten. Ten being like super active religious, like out preaching it and all that, and one being like not plugged in at all. Um, I'd say probably a seven or eight. I I work for a Christian organization, so I'm constantly surrounded by the faith, the Christian mm. faith. Yeah. Um, I think you can get into situations though where, um, you know, you're too busy talking the talk, and mm-hmm. you need to say, "Hey, I need to walk the walk too," because mm-hmm. I just, you know, I'm I'm preaching to these people, and am I living it right at this moment? So, yeah. you know, it's it's like anything else; it fluctuates. I go, I do a lot of mission trips all over the world. Yeah, and uh, I can tell you when I go down to Cuba and come back after a week of going door to door, sharing the gospel, um, sitting in people's living rooms and telling them about Jesus for, um, you know, hours and hours and hours on end, uh, I definitely come back more fired up. Uh, I definitely see those opportunities that God puts in front of us every single day to talk to people, and um, I take advantage of them a lot more and I'm more mm. obedient. Um, when those you know coming back from those types of trips so um those are there's just little things you can kind of do that are proactive to kind of reignite your faith Um, Mm. but i think it's a sanctification process you know we are constantly um we need to work at growing closer to god it's not just going to happen um so it's like you know you're not going to get muscles by going and standing at the front door of your gym yeah, I've tried that. It doesn't work. You have to pick up the weights and do the work. Yeah, so I get that. So that's a great segue into my next question, right? It's easy to learn about God and never actually know him. Mm-hmm. When would you say was the first time you experienced God in a tangible way in your life? I would say when I received Christ. Um, you know, when I was 13 years old and really just felt God speaking to me and I knew, okay, this isn't, my imagination. This is God um, really speaking to my heart right now, and I made that decision. Um, I will tell you, though, there are uh, times in my life, I, I don't know how familiar you are with the story of the prodigal son. Well, the story of the prodigal son... Um, You're looking at him, bro. Uh, yeah. <laughs> well, I, I look at the older brother in that story. So mm-hmm. the prodigal son, the younger son leaves. Mm-hmm. Um, he goes and squanders, you know, part of his fortune that his his dad gave. Or he squanders his entire fortune, but mm. you know, part of his dad's that was given to him. Um, and he, but he comes running back to his father. Well, the older son is the person I try not to be. He's the one that rejected his father, wasn't happy that he took him back in, and he was saying, you know, I've been here the whole time. Mm. I know it all. Um, I have all this knowledge of who you are, but he really didn't know his father's heart. Mm. And he's the one that turned his back and rejected rejected his father yeah, so i tried bitter I tr- brother yeah right. so i try yeah. to make sure that i'm always the youngest son running back with my arms open mm-hmm. and i'm never the uh, self-righteous uh religious type that's turned my back because i know it all so i i think we should definitely learn and try to know god better um you know the bible says that we're to renew our mind we're to we're to learn more about god we're to gain wisdom um, but at the same time, it's still about a relationship mm. and not about um, head knowledge. I don't think, yeah, head, that's head, exactly I don't think head knowledge is going to get you into heaven. Yeah, I always say it this way. Nobody converts through the head, through the mind, right? The conversion happens in the heart. Why? Because Jesus himself says he, he lives in the heart of man, 
right? He doesn't live in the head. Now he gave us intellect to think and reason and, and to find truth and pursue truth in order to find him in the heart, right? So it's like relationship. You mentioned relationship. And like, if you would describe, and I know this is personal, but this opens it up for all of us, right? Mm -hmm. um, you're standing for the entire audience right now when you share this. Like describe that relationship that you have right now with the father, like where it's not always perfect. It's, it's not always where uh, you feel you have those wide open arms running back to dad, forgive me, forgive me, I messed up again. And there's times when, you know, you feel completely alone. You feel like he abandoned you. Like, so describe where you are in that, in your relationship with the father. If you could just bring it right down from the stands down on the court. Yeah, so I, I say a lot that uh, love is spelled T-I-M-E. Um, we need to spend time with God. You know, I'm, I'm married. Uh, mm. If I don't spend time with my wife, uh, we're not going to have much of a relationship. Uh, I like to get into the Word in the morning, and I don't always do that. I should do it every day. But I can tell you there's a huge difference in my attitude and the peace that God gives me um, when I'm abiding in Him, when I'm reading the Scripture, uh, when I'm taking time to pray, um, when I'm, I'm throughout the day leaning on God and, and my knowledge of what His Word says to make decisions rather than my own ability to make decisions. And I, the more mature I've gotten in my faith, the more I get to know God, the more I can recognize when I'm starting to rely on myself because that's the default, right? I mean, mm -hmm. my default is always... I'm going to rely Control. On, on my understanding of what I think is best. Yeah. And um, I think the closer you get with God, as, as you grow closer to God, you start to realize those times where um, you can stop yourself and say, okay, I need to check myself. I need to get into the Word. I need to go to God with these questions and with these decisions and stop leaning on myself. It's a, one of those old rap songs. You got to check yourself before you wreck yourself. There you go, man. Right? Yeah, yeah, spiritually. You gotta check yourself before you wreck yourself. Yeah. yeah, I get that. All right, cool. How does your faith really show up in your life? Like in your everyday life? When you're out with people, when you're working in your businesses, how does your faith actually show up? Uh to me to me it's it's a there's a lot of ways, but the one I'll mention is this peace. I have I'm a I'm a high energy ADD type and uh for me I can get just really high strung really quick mm. and um like what sends you over the edge what would be an example uh new york accents no, i'm just kidding <laughs> traffic i mean you, you are getting a little a intense lot, in your yeah, chair yeah. right there bro so um i would say just business in general you know i am i'm hard on myself you know if somebody if somebody calls me or or sends me an email and it's you know two days later and i haven't responded i i get you know, almost like an anxiety. I, I don't sleep at night sometimes, literally mm. sitting up thinking about a person that emailed me that day that is probably that I haven't emailed back. I mean, that's ridiculous. But that I mean, is that's, ridiculous. That's 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 probably from uh, I, I hold myself to a high standard. Yeah. And uh, I'm probably a little hard on myself. So rather I, than I, stay up the whole night thinking about the person, why not just send them the email? Yeah, yeah. Why not just send the email? I don't know, man. It's like it's a way to torture myself or something. Oh, but I anyway, got it. Um, <laughs> so. I just get a, a sense of peace, you know, um, and I know that that God's going to take care of me. Mm. And lately, the bigger decisions I've had to make—I mean, a lot of stuff with you know real estate purchases and business and things that 
you know, you're, you're always taking risks and you're always wondering, okay, how's this going to turn out? Yeah. You know, rather than getting stressed or upset, it's, it's kind of this feeling of, it doesn't really matter what happens. Mm. You know, it doesn't matter. I've been through trials before. If I get myself in a situation where this doesn't work out, that's fine. You mm. know, God's going to take care of me. Um, I know where I'm going when I die. This is temporary. So, uh, there's no reason to get stressed or have anxiety about, about, you know, things that just don't really matter. And uh, for the last couple of years, I mean, I've I've been a lot less stressed out, had a lot less anxiety, just from the fact that I know it's long, you know, in the scheme of things, who cares? It doesn't matter, you know. It really doesn't. I look back at the things that bothered me ten years ago; they're insignificant. Yeah. You know, so why why let them bother you now? And you're not saying to be irresponsible, no, right, in all. your responsibilities or whatever, but it's like we are addicted. I think as Americans, we're addicted to outcomes. We're addicted to the results. And instead of just being like committed to the process, committed to where we're headed, to the vision, and then whatever outcomes happen, it's like, hey, I put in the work. Okay, mm -hmm. it didn't work. I didn't get a sale. I didn't get a result or the deal didn't go through. And then be at peace with it. Yeah. Well, and, and, the, and the beauty is, is, and I don't know when I started grasping this because it's not a natural tendency, but I've almost embraced failure not that you set out to do things in the hopes of failing i think yeah. you should work hard and do things with excellence but i think i said this earlier when you fail you learn mm. um so you know when you get into a situation you either succeed and you can praise god that he give him the credit get, yeah give yeah. him the credit and you can praise god in your failure saying okay what have i learned how can i apply this to the next trial that i face yeah so it's it's you, hard you for us to. In, uh, yeah, it, it's not, it, it goes against human nature, but yeah, you yeah. can almost learn to have peace in those situations. And the Bible says it. In uh, James, it says, consider it pure joy when you face trials of many kinds, because ultimately it's going to build character and perseverance. So, mm. um, yeah. Yeah, cool. Uh, what do you want to, like your family and friends to know, like in the moment when that we all have when we give up on God? So when they give up on God and say, man, this isn't working, he's not there for me, what do you want them to know in that moment? Well, um, I've talked to a lot of people that I think have given up on God, and to me, I just can't um, understand how much more difficult life's got to be without God, you know? And mm. I think things happen to us and and we get mad at God, we maybe say, why would you let this happen to me? Um, not thinking maybe it happened for a reason. Maybe it kept us out of some serious trouble later on, or maybe it was a learning experience. Um, but I, it's just got to be a dark, lonely life without having, you know, without having God, without turning to Him for, for struggle. So I would encourage anybody listening, um, just don't give up on, don't give up on God. Um, seek out biblical Christian wisdom from people you trust, get in the word. Um, but God will get you through things. And, you know, when I interact with people who have faced death of a family member and I see somebody who's just, they're all in, you know, God's going to get me through this. He's going to take care of me as opposed to the folks that are like, I can't believe God will let this happen. I mean, it's just, uh, I'm just saddened for one and for the other. I'm full of joy that, you know, they're going to mourn and they're going to get through this and, um, you know, it's just, I mean, God doesn't want us to suffer. He wants mm. the life to be easy. And I think the easiest way we can live our life is to have him involved in it. Mm. 
Yeah, I get that. Uh, have there ever been times in your life where like you have given up on God and you experienced that complete lonely existence? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I think with me it's always been uh, – it's probably when I was a lot younger and it was always having to do with I wanted to have fun. And a lot of the things that I knew that I was doing that were wrong were fun. So it was almost a blatant uh, – it was almost like a, I don't want Dad to see what I'm doing, so I'm just not going to have a lot of interaction with him. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, and you get to a point of brokenness and emptiness. And, um, you know, fortunately, I've always come running back like the prodigal son before I really got into a, a dark place. But, yeah, there's totally a difference between – living a lifestyle of doing what's fun and living for yourself in the moment. I mean, that's only a lot of the things I did that were fun were fun in that moment. Mm -hmm. It was after the fact that it wasn't so great. You know, Mm -hmm. you're in a, I always had this kind of, I've never really dealt a lot with depression, but I've dealt with this kind of just feel, maybe, maybe a type of feeling of depression. Just like, there's gotta be more to life than, than this, you know? Mm. Um, It's almost a despair. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yep. Yeah. I get that. So how do you think most people misinterpret your faith? Like when you show up and you talk about God or they see you living with God in your life, how do you think most people misinterpret that? I, I, I probably lean more toward um, fitting in in society, trying not to offend. So I think with... I don't think I've ever been accused. Now, I have recently actually been called a Bible thumper uh, to my face. But um, I think in general, where it's misinterpreted, it doesn't lean toward um, me being judgmental or legalistic or or anything like that. I think it's always leaning more toward uh, maybe I err on the side of, you know, not going there with somebody where, you know, I should probably be sharing more of my faith when they're dealing with a struggle and I'm, I'm using maybe more worldly wisdom because I think, okay, maybe maybe they're not ready to hear from Scripture yet, so I kind of will you know, water it down a little bit mm. to make it more uh, palatable for them. So um, I think where it's misinterpreted is, is then maybe it's not, it doesn't always come across as strong as what it really is because mm. you know we live in a society where you don't want to offend and I'm guilty of it. I do things and I say things, um, or I don't say things because I don't want to offend. You know, so why do you think you stop when it comes to your faith? Because I know you, right? And just as you and I being friends, you're willing to offend me just for fun, right? Just for, like, you're a prankster naturally. You offend people. You say things, right? Um, why do you think when it comes to your faith, you put up the roadblock? Um, because I've I have pushed people away with honesty. Um, I've hurt feelings with honesty. And I think if I'm going to be just straight up, brutally honest with somebody, uh, even given permission to, um, there's been times where I don't want them. I don't care if they don't like me, but I don't want them to not like God. Mm. And I'm just being honest, you know. I don't. I and, don't and you're a messenger of God, so yeah. So it's like if they're they going to reject you. me, I'd rather them just reject me and not reject God. Yeah, I get that. You know, so I think I probably water down what I say or, or come mm. at it from a different approach. Uh, and I'm not saying that's right. I'm telling you, I'm doing the wrong thing when I do that. But um, yeah, I think that's that's probably what. I that's think. interesting, right? And I get that on a personal level because I've been accused many times of being brutally honest, as you yeah. said. And what I had to wrestle with and friends coach me on is, dude, what you're doing is great. You're being candid with people, but you're doing it brutally. Like you're hurting them with it. Mm -hmm. And just take out the brutal. 
and just be honest with them with kindness, with compassion. And that changed everything. So I was able to communicate the same message without like, you know, the brass knuckles. Yeah. And I think, I think one of the problems is we live in a society, I think social media may have a lot to do with it, but we, and everybody listening to this, myself included, we care what people think about us. Yeah, we do. We really do. I mean, we, we live our lives in a lot of cases based solely on what others will think. Mm-hmm. Um, and the, the problem is, you know, I heard a guy say this recently. He said, I, I honestly don't care what people think. He goes, what I care about is that they know how much I care about them. He's like, if I, if, if I can get across how much I care about them and they think I'm the weirdest loser on earth, he's like, I, do, I just don't care what they think. I just, I have to, they have to know that I care about them. I like that, right? Yeah. As long as they take away that I am standing for them winning in life. That's it. You can think of whatever you want. Right. I like that. That's pretty cool. All right. So what part of your faith would you say that you sometimes still wrestle with? Uh, I think this may relate more to the guys, but sure. um, Just doing things my own way, being stubborn, um, literally thinking, okay, should I go to God with this decision? And then I've got, I've been here. I've done this. I've got it. You know, Um, it's just stubbornness. So self-reliance. Yeah. The, the, the lack of, having that relationship with God because I can solve all my problems myself. And mm-hmm. I've learned time and time again, I can't, mm-hmm. but um, it's just a natural tendency to want to do that. You know, it's interesting because as guys, it, if I had to just sum that up and be totally brutally candid, right? Uh, that's just idolatry, mm-hmm. right? It's us worshiping ourselves as yeah, our own gods. Self-righteousness. It's yeah. like, well, I'm the creator of my universe. I can solve all problems within my universe. Yeah. yeah, I don't need. Well, and we're—I mean—we're bombarded with society telling us that's the. I mean, it's just, yeah. just this battle between what the scripture says and what society says. I mean, you are the—if you're a self-made man, I mean, that's a—that's a big deal. In society, that's a big deal. Even uh, the term "self-made," right? Think about that. Yeah, you know, you it's it. literally denying that you have a creator, yeah. and saying that. It's like it, it's deeper than just the language. Yeah. Because words are power. But that's—I right? mean—that's the greatest thing you can be. You know, as a self-made, you're a self-made man. You're a big deal. <laughs> yeah, in society. Yeah. But normally you're you tend to be broken in the other areas. Yeah. yeah. All right, cool. Uh what's the one thing that you want the world to know about your faith? About my faith. Yeah. Um that Jesus is real, that um don't fall for the lies of the world. Uh and that you know, we this world is full of sin. We're all sinners. Um, every single one of us, everybody listening to this show is a sinner. You know, we're on some level of the spectrum. I go, you know, to Cuba and I do this kind of, uh, um, I, I'll take a bottle of water and I say, Hey, you know, would you drink this bottle of water? It's totally clean water. And they say, yeah, sure. I'm like, well, what if I went and took a drop out of the toilet and an eyedropper and put it in this water? Would you still drink it? And they said, no, not at all. I'm like, well, that's our sin. It doesn't matter if it's filled with toilet water or it has one drop in it. It's ruined. So it doesn't matter if you kind of sin a little bit or you haven't done some things that, that are, you know, the thing, you haven't done a lot of bad things. You're still a sinner. You're still supposed to go to hell because God can't come into contact with anything that's not pure like he is. But Christ came. He cleansed us of those sins. So because God loved us so much, we now can be in a relationship with him. So it's like he purified the Zephyr Hills water. He did, man. You see what I did there? <laughs> yeah, I like that. Bring yeah. it back around. Yeah, bring it back around. Um, yeah, so I mean, with my faith, it's, 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 to me, it's real. 
Um, I've seen God work. Um, I would challenge anybody listening to to just try it. You know, next time you're you're struggling with something, do a a topical search in you know in scripture of what you're dealing with and look it up. Read the Bible. Um, just see if God starts to work in your life. And for me, it's just it's it's been so many years and years and years of having this relationship and just seeing God work over and over and over. I'd be a fool to deny to yeah. deny the reality of it. Um, so yeah, that's my uh That's cool. Uh, yep. Awesome. So we're gonna wrap this up and go into my favorite part of this interview, which I call the confession round. So the confession round, there's no priest here. There's no actual like sharing like personal deep, dark secrets. But I'm going to ask you 12 quick fire questions and you'll have three seconds to answer each. Just say the first thing that comes to you oh, in a fun way. Messed up. Are you ready? Hey, this is going to erase everything I've already said. <laughs> <laughs> cool. All right, Andrew, what's your favorite thing about being an adult? Oh, this is a tough one. Um, I guess not having to answer to parents anymore. Yeah, I get that. What's your least favorite thing about being an adult? Responsibility. Yeah. <laughs> what secret fear do you have about people? Uh, I guess that I won't be accepted. We talked about that earlier. Yeah. If you could be anyone, just for fun, for the next seven days, anyone on the planet, who would you want to trade Joseph places Warren. with? <laughs> I feel like that wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think maybe the president. I think that would be interesting to so see. Trump. How, yeah, see see how a, a pre, any president, see how a president lives for a day. Yeah. That would be kind of cool. Yeah. Right? What do you wish you were better at? Soccer. Huh. Interesting. What dream are you scared of pursuing? Oh, that's a good one. Um, I I think I have a uh, starting to be a lower risk tolerance in my old age. So um, there's probably quite a few dreams that that I. Could What's one that comes to mind right here, right now? Uh, no thinking. More CrossFit competitions. CrossFit competitions. Yeah. What makes you smile more than anything? Uh, my wife's pregnant stomach right now. That's <laughs> so specific. I love it. When you were a child, what did you want to be when you grew up? An astronaut. An astronaut. If you had the power to remove any one form of suffering from the world, what would it be? Probably a child death. People that have to deal with mm. a child dying. I mean, I don't know what could be much worse than that. Yeah, that's tough. Imagine sometime in the distant future, and there you are standing in front of your tombstone. Read to us what it says on it. Uh, it said this guy uh, believed the word of God and loved Jesus. Cool. This guy. Anonymous, right? It's unknown. This guy. We don't know who he was, but it's this guy. When you die, what would you like to hear God say when you walk through the pearly gates? You know this one, man. I'm well, asking well you, done, bro. Well done, good and faithful servant. Yeah, but I'm just asking yeah. you. Some people like to change it up. And last question, Andrew. If you could come back to life and tell your family, friends, and loved ones only one piece of advice, what would you say to them? Christ is real. Boom. Andrew, what's the best way for our listeners to get in touch with you? Uh, they can contact you. Got it. Andrew, thank you for joining us today, and we wish you the love, forgiveness, and transformation of God the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Thanks for having me, man. Appreciate it. You got it. Cheers. Friends, I'm Joseph Warren, and you were made for greatness. Head over to BrokenCatholic.com to learn how to stop being a wuss and start being a winner. Have a blessed day, and remember that God the Father loves you. He's fascinated by you, and he wants to show you his awesome plan for your life. Now go spend quiet time with him, and I'll see you on the next show.